Well, welcome back to the Men's Divorce and Cordell Cordell podcast slash videocast. Uh, we're glad you could join us again, and we continue this series as it relates to divorce and uh, the coronavirus. And uh, each week or each day, we're actually trying to bring you something new, uh, new developments as it relates to how guys are affected out there, whether they're thinking about divorce in the middle of it uh, or post-divorce, uh, even paternity cases out there. It uh, really is a unique situation that's affected uh, almost, I mean, literally every aspect of our lives. And uh, it's shocking. And uh, everything changes day to day. And so that's why we wanted to bring you a daily podcast uh, to talk to you uh, about the latest. And today, uh, what we thought we would do is really cover some of the questions that were submitted uh, by many of you during our live webinar last week, uh, as well as uh, this week. Uh, and we wanted to kind of go through some of those questions and just spend some time covering all aspects uh, related to your questions. And so today, uh, joining us is Jill Massey, a senior lead litigator uh, in the Atlanta, Georgia office. And uh, Jill has an extensive amount of experience in litigating cases licensed in Georgia and Kentucky. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Scott. Happy to be here. So, Jill, let's just uh, dive right into it and uh, talk about some of the questions. And a lot of them, of course, and, and not surprisingly, surrounded by the issue related to custody uh, because there are so many things that no one would ever anticipate uh, having to deal with. It's one thing to be denied custody uh, in a weekend just because someone changes their mind, but it's, no, it's a you know whole different scenario when we're dealing with this virus. So let me just jump right in and... The first question um, deals with um, a guy that uh, asking. He went to California. Uh, the spouse went to California with the child, and uh, dad has asked them to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, mom has a nanny and wants uh, dad to pay for the nanny time while she keeps him. And uh, obviously, they it appears that they have a divorce decree, and mom is trying to take advantage of the situation. Uh, so, Jill. Uh, what do you say about the nanny here? About whether or not he has to contribute to the cost of the nanny? Yeah, right. So, that, and, and I hope I don't sound like a broken record going back to what I'm about to say, but what does your divorce decree say? Right. That That's going to be the first place that you look because once you have your divorce decree or once you have your custody order or your paternity order or whatever it may be, that's going to be what governs your situation moving forward until it is no longer in effect, be it due to it having terminated because the child aged out or due to modification or whatever it may be. So what does your order say? Mm -hmm. Now, this gives me a perfect opportunity to, to explain why you have to take the time to sit down with an attorney that's going to spend the time to craft an order that is favorable to you. If that order says you, you owe for half of childcare, period, sounds to me like you're on the hook. But if you had an attorney sit down and craft that that order more carefully and more thoughtfully and say only work related child care or only, you know, daycare child care, then it's not completely unbridled. And you're not finding yourself exposed to what sounds like it could be a potentially unbridled obligation in this decree. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the whole question gets very complicated because it, it appears he's making the request. Uh, for them to quarantine, probably a, a legitimate request, uh, given that they came from a hotspot. Uh, and she's using that to, uh, to her advantage to say, fine, but you pay for a nanny. And uh, my guess is she may just say, if you don't pay, then we're not going to quarantine. And those are the kinds of issues I would imagine, Jill, you'd agree that certainly we're recommending guys keep a diary. 
uh, a journal of what's happening, and perhaps she's making really poor decisions along the way. Maybe she should never have gone to California when there were warnings out there, don't travel to New York, California, Florida, you know, New Orleans, Detroit. You can name some of the hotspots. Um, certainly, in, I imagine the decree doesn't provide for it. If it does, a different story. But since he's asking, I'm going to make the assumption it didn't. Of course, you don't pay. And you say, look, you, this is in the best interest of our child. Continue to document in email. Uh, don't have those. You can have the conversations um, in writing, uh, but the point, I mean, on the phone, but the point is have it in writing, don't you think? A hundred percent. Sometimes things are just better to be talk, talked about over the phone. So we certainly encourage that. Um, but if you do it over the phone, be aware that depending upon your state, your jurisdiction, you could be recorded. You yourself may be able to be recording. That might be something you would want to do if that's lawful in your jurisdiction. But also, if you are going to have the face-to-face or the phone conversation, yeah. shoot that follow-up email immediately because everything will be fresh in your mind. Recap everything you all talked about. Yep. So next question that was submitted, obviously, again, a custody issue. Uh, this guy says, I've got spring break visitation coming up, like uh, I'm sure millions of other guys. However, since there's no school, there's no spring break. So do I lose that? Does that uh, requirement apply? Uh, this guy wants to know what he can do. So this is one of those questions where I have to preface with the direction or the information that I give today might be different than the direction or information given tomorrow because we are getting daily updates from the courts uh, and, and just in, in life about this coronavirus situation. But the overwhelming feedback that I'm getting from the courts in my jurisdiction currently in Atlanta is that school actually is in session. Um, they're just they're being they're home learning or you know being self-taught at home. Um, I do know that there are some jurisdictions that have went ahead and said that school is completely out for the rest of the year. But I've also seen courts issuing advisory opinions, giving some direction to the family court bar so they can give direction to their client that says we're considering school to still be in session, quote unquote, even though they're not physically going to school every day. So I think unless there's something, some direction in that person's jurisdiction that says otherwise, I think he's absolutely entitled to his spring break parenting time as he would otherwise be yeah. under the order. I mean, it is. It's a almost uh case by case, school by school, like uh, my kids, uh, during their spring break, that spring break was extended by an additional week because COVID just kind of fell in that. Uh, so essentially they had two weeks. Uh, so clearly, albeit it wasn't a quote unquote spring break, uh, it was really almost like a snow day consecutively because they were closed. But again, it's a communication issue. Uh, make certain demands. Say, look, I have a spring break, whether it's designated as such or not, if they're not in school or I can take care of them during that time. Uh, make the request, build your case and document, document, document. Exactly. So let me jump down to filing and a question that was submitted. Uh, I have info that my co-parent has a positive case in her family or a coworker, and did not disclose this to me. Uh, is there any recourse for me? Well, of course, that begs the question of what does family mean? I mean, is, if it's someone if it's someone in the immediate household, and I'm going to assume that is, I'm going to assume it's not a cousin that lives across the country, because why would they be bringing this up? I'm going to assume it's someone in the household. Um, you, you very well may have recourse. I'm just trying to think about what I would do, right? And you have to think about what would the judge do? The judges are people too, you know, interesting enough to find out, um, you know, if, if it was me and I, and I found out that there was someone in the home where my child or my client's child would potentially be, I'd be filing something quicker than you could blink. Mm -hmm. if, if nothing else, but just to show 
the court that we weren't trying to just skirt the order. I mean, you might, you, you could file something, a, a modification or for an emergency order, and it might not be heard. You're, we are understanding that things are not getting heard right now. It's a case by case basis, but get something filed. And yeah. At least you can say, Hey judge, you didn't get to us, but we just, we wanted you to see that we weren't trying to skirt the order. This was just for the well-being of the child. Your number one duty is to protect your child. Yeah. I mean, it brings up two issues filing a lot of guys around the country they hear in the news that, you know, their states, cities, counties, courts, uh, everything's closed. And the question is, does that mean that I can't file? So what's going on in Georgia, specifically Atlanta? Uh, can you file a motion? Can you file, you know, without the, the issue of being heard, as you alluded to, can you just yes. file something? Yeah, absolutely. It, you can. And in some cases you should. Mm-hmm. Um, you may or may not get heard. There are judges that one of the issues that's coming up very frequently is emergency motions because they're not people are not getting their parenting time. And I'm hearing from court to court, from judge to judge that some judges are hearing it and some judges are completely non-responsive, you know, for one reason or, or the other. And we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you should talk to your attorney and find out whether or not it is strategically the best move to file because it may very well be, and it may very well not be, but in Georgia, you are allowed to file. And in some cases you are being heard on an emergency basis or on a, you know, on a telephonic zoom basis or even just regular matters. Some courts are operating um, under normal conditions, just doing everything, you know, virtually. Yeah. The, uh, the next question is a, is a good one. Um, my spouse is saying I can't hug my child because of social distancing mandated by the CDC. I have to stay six feet away from her. Is that legal? What do I do? Um, as long as you have not, you know, tested positive, as long as you are taking the proper precautions yourself to, mm-hmm. to you know, shield yourself from exposure, hug on that child. I mean, th- this is, these kids' worlds are, are crazy right now. Maybe they think everything is great because they're not having to go to school, but you know, kids do thrive off of structure and routine. And so if you just stop hugging your child, I mean, that's going to throw them even, you know, more for a loop. So as a parent, you know, do what you have to do to minimize your exposure mm-hmm. and hug on your children and, and, you know, cordially tell your wife that you respectfully disagree. Um, and, and, and that's that. It really shouldn't go any further than right. that. that. That doesn't sound like a reasonable request from her. And you're going to want to document that in case you need it later. Yeah. I wouldn't even gauge, just say, you know, I'm taking necessary precautions by the CDC. It is what it is. And um, the point is, is we tell guys, don't create an environment in your home that is in violation or contrary to the CDC guidelines in the 50, or the 30 days now to stop the spread. The point is, it's just create the environment that's consistent, document it, that you're taking all the precautions. And of course, if you, uh, if you feel ill, if you feel unwell in any way, you don't do it. But if you, if you do, like in my family, it is what it is. We have five kids and so there's seven people in that house trying to keep social distancing, not a possibility, right? And so the point is, that is just really an unreasonable request because you know mom's not doing it and she's just trying to control. So I just say thank you for your input and uh, I'm keeping the uh, home appropriately clean and, and I'm taking all necessary precautions. It shouldn't go any further than that. That's yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. You can engage in a conversation and argument that you won't win. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, CDC recommends all non-essential travel or says don't travel unless it's essential. Should I put my child on a plane to fly 3000 miles to visit her mom? Is that essential travel? That has got to be the hot button of, of what I'm seeing lawyers in my jurisdiction talk about. I follow a forum of 
a couple hundred domestic relations lawyers in the Atlanta area. And there is, people are all over the spectrum as far as whether it is essential or it's not. Um, and I feel like this is another question that lends me to maybe have a different input depending upon what day it is because we're finding out things are getting worse and, and we're getting more information all the t at all times. I think it, I mean, I think it depends. I just know at Hartsfield Jackson, our airport here, I know the last I heard it was either three or four TSA members had tested positive. That's terrifying. Okay. So I, I you have to use your best judgment. I, I, you know, at this point I'm leaning against putting kids on airplanes. I think it's just way too dangerous, but if the child doesn't go for the visitation and it's your call that that doesn't happen mm -hmm. in that same correspondence, you are offering makeup time. You just have to, yeah. I mean, and, and for, for a number of different reasons, cause it's the right thing to do, but you're also, you know, saving face in the event that you end up in the courtroom. Um, but that, that's what has to happen. No one should be losing parent time in, in the aggregate under these situations. Right. I think it, the key is communication, um, reaching out to your spouse or ex-spouse and saying, look, I'm concerned. Uh, I think that travel is an issue. Well, how about this? Or what about we meet halfway? I'll drive. Uh, provide alternative options so that it's not your choice. It's your ex's choice uh, to say no, no, and no. I think I just can't imagine in this situation a court would take any really drastic action, negative action or repercussions against you if you made a really informed, intelligent, best interest decision for your child, especially getting on a plane. We know. I mean, flying in a tin can with recirculated air is probably not the best idea right now. And right. The, I mean, it, I, I just believe that. And I'm right. not traveling. I just don't think it's a good idea, especially putting your child alone. They're already um, probably scared. They don't know what to expect. I think it's probably wise to just engage, see if you can reach uh, alternative agreement with your spouse and find a way and say, look, when this is over, I'm going to sacrifice a week of my time over whatever it is. Thanksgiving, I'll give it to you. So be reasonable. I think that's, uh, don't you think that's probably the best advice we can give? I think the way you conduct yourself in any of these conversations that we're talking about having is going to be the driving factor of whether or not it comes back to bite you if you end up in front of a judge. But if I, you know, I'm advising my clients accordingly to behave themselves always and to be polite. And I told them, although I can't tell them directly to violate a court order, I will stand beside them in the courtroom and advocate for them. If in the event that we end up there on a contempt, I will stand next to them and yeah. I'll do so proudly because I know that they made the right decision. Right. No, I agree wholeheartedly. This, this is such a unique situation that, um, again, you, you know, representing guys, um, it is probably a little bit more difficult and it'll be really interesting to see how the courts react initially towards guys and decisions like that if they're trying to, to refuse custody under certain circumstances that they otherwise may not if mom were making the decision just simply because of, a you know, this unintentional inherent gender bias, right? Um, and so it'll just be really interesting. But of course, I would, like you, I mean, I would have no problem arguing to death my, my client's you know, decision to not send that child on a plane. And I would be Absolutely. stunned if any judge disagreed with us. Absolutely. I, I feel the same. Yeah. So uh, a lot of questions came in about school closures and the fact that now with school closures, the, there's a little bit more freedom 
for the kids in terms of their availability. And this is the, you know, some liken it to more like vacation time, albeit they do have a schedule. And the question becomes, Jill, guys want to know if they can modify the schedule that they have, presumably in order, um, to get more time now. Um, specifically, one of the questions came from someone who's a teacher. And since they're out of school, they want to see their kids more often. And what do they do with their spouse, their ex-spouse, uh, to try to modify their schedule, the current schedule, until this is over? So the idea when you have a, a custody and parenting time schedule put in place, the idea is that it's put into place in case the parents cannot agree amongst themselves how to operate under a parenting time situation. Ideally, you get this, this perfect parenting plan is what we call it in Georgia. And, and, and ideally, you put it in the drawer and you don't ever look at it again and you just co-parent. You do what's, what's best for the child. So if you and your spouse can agree that because we're in, you know, these bizarre circumstances where there's no school and there's, you know, this more freedom as far as, you know, timing and flexibility goes, if you all can agree amongst yourselves to deviate from your parenting plan, go for it. Do, I mean, it's not a court order. You know, it, anybody could back out of it at any time. Hopefully that wouldn't happen. But go to the source. Go to the other parent. Say, hey, here's what I would like to do. Document, 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 you know, and all of that. If they won't cooperate with you, if they're just being ugly. Talk to your attorney, maybe a, a maybe a strongly worded letter or even a cordial, you know, a cordially aggressive letter from an attorney on attorney letterhead would make them, you know, cooperate. Who knows? Maybe, you know, probably filing for a, a permanent modification, you know, due to this very temporary, we're hoping very temporary um, coronavirus situation probably isn't ideal. But that's again, that's where I was talking about earlier, where it may be strategic to file and it may it may be counterproductive to file. But that doesn't mean that a, a letter from an attorney wouldn't be a good alternative in right. that situation. I think the key, and we've been saying this for the last three weeks, is the messaging to to guys out there is closed, closed, closed. But we're open, uh, telephonic, virtual consultations. The point is, don't sit on your rights. Uh, don't accept something you believe or deem to be unacceptable or a situation that's putting you or your children in, in a situation you don't believe it's in their best interest. And have that consultation with attorney. It's something we offer. Uh, we can do that for you. Uh, we've actually relaxed our retainer requirements to try to get, you know, understanding that this is a difficult time. Uh, so I think take action, file in the appropriate circumstances, uh, send letters as uh, Jill, you suggest in the appropriate circumstances as well. Yep. Get in, get in and talk to an attorney. You have nothing to lose. You're either going to get the news you want to hear that's helpful mm -hmm. or you, perhaps news that you, do, you didn't want to hear, but it's still helpful and you won't be relying on the internet, your buddies, things like that. Get in and talk to somebody. That's why we're here. We're not hiding under a rock. We're here. Yep. Okay. I think we can get to one more or two more questions. Uh, one of the viewers uh, asks, if I'm able to work from home, but my ex is not, and now I have the kids more than what the allotted time for me was in my agreement, my decree. Um, will my ex be expected to help with the cost um, or maybe offset child support or decrease a child support? What do I do? Okay. It sounds like they maybe have a 50-50 arrangement. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell exactly from the question. Yeah, I'm guessing I that perhaps they didn't have a 50-50 but what's happening now is that dad is getting more time than he otherwise had, uh, but he's still paying the full amount of child support, which is presuming he he had less than what he's getting. Gotcha. Yeah. So is the other party going to be expected to contribute? Based yeah. Okay. So is, is the child support going to shift based upon the parenting time shift effectively is yeah. the question. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, it certainly could if we were talking like long term scenarios. Um, I mean, again, we're hoping this is very, very short term. So I wouldn't see on a, on a very temporary basis like this, you know, the whole child support scheme being, you know, thrown out of whack and, and changed. I don't see a court necessarily entertaining that. Um, you know, if you're the parent and you just have a moral, you know, issue with wanting to contribute more because you have the child less or, you know, vice versa, you know, th that's, that's another thing. There's nothing wrong with contributing. If you can, it just makes you look good in the long run. And we're all here for that. I mean, yep. we represent men, we need every good fact we can get just because of, uh, you know, it's, we're always the uphill battle. Um, but no, I don't think under, under the limited scope of the coronavirus of what we're dealing with, I don't know that the the sh this a slight shift in parenting time like that would would also shift child support, but you all can certainly you know talk about that, and, and you don't well, you don't want to leave anyone high and dry. Certainly, you want you want to take care of your responsibility, do the right thing. Yeah, and I do think it is an interesting opportunity to have a conversation with your lawyer about what do I do here if I've got seventy five percent of the time and I'm paying child support that when I only had a third of the time, it really pre presents a really interesting discussion about. Do you stop paying? You know, in some states like Missouri, uh, there's a specific statute that if you wind up having basically physical custody, more time than what was called for in the decree of dissolution, you actually can stop your child support. But there's a there's a time period in which you know has to go by. So there's some really interesting opportunities depending upon the state in which you're in. And again, as Jill said earlier. You have nothing to lose by having a conversation other than by not having it and still paying. Uh, so I think it's just a good opportunity, again, to explore what your rights are, what your opportunities are, again, kind of along the lines of, remember, we've been asking three questions, what can I do, uh, what should I do, and what must I do? And so I think that's a good point. Yes, go talk to an absolute family law specialist, because whatever that caveat is that, you know, like you just mentioned, you know, Missouri has this caveat to the law about adjusting child support and parenting time. Just don't go to a general practitioner. You go to someone that knows family law in and out and, and because they're going to be the ones that give you that piece of information that just your general practitioner is not going to be aware of. Yep. That's a great point. All right. Last question. And then we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, can decisions like taking my child to the store have any bearing on a court's decision while I'm in the middle of a divorce and it's on hold right now because of uh, coronavirus? You better believe it. I, I would say any and everything you do and don't do can have an impact on your divorce case in the long run in the custody decision. Um, that's just the nature of divorce. And so if, you know, you're documenting, of course, but, you know, the thing is, is if you've got a grievance with, say, the other side taking the child to the store, also think about what their options were. I mean, did, was it an option to leave the child at home or, or, you know, in an unexposed situation? You know, don't just go looking for something, you know, for the other side is perhaps doing that you're uncomfortable with. Think, really think it through. But then also, if you do think it through and determine, hey, I really don't like that decision that they're making, you got to document, you got to talk, you got to go talk to them about it. And people are probably sick and tired of hearing about documentation, but we're not hammering that because it's, it's something that people do naturally just for whatever reason. So if you just have a problem with it and you don't ever mention it, the way that's going to translate is it really wasn't that big of a deal to you. And you're now you're only bringing it up in court later to be nitpicky and it's going to have zero bearing at that point. So it depends on how you conduct yourself while it's actually going on is whether or not it have bearing, but you better believe that yeah. court judges are watching how people behave right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the same goes for uh, for mom, your spouse. Everything she does 
uh, or anything your spouse does is going to matter. And that, again, that's why I think is very important, especially now, to document, to journal. What did you do? Where did you go? Uh, when I was on Dr. Phil, uh, gosh, 10 years ago, and I talked about social media, the point is, whatever you do, uh, I typically, a divorce attorney can take a photo, can take a moment, and can interpret it a different way than you intended or a different way that it actually was. And so you were under a microscope and so is your spouse. Uh, just make sure, again, document what's going on, make really good decisions, uh, and it can be used against you. Everything can. And, and now just even more so because we're dealing with health issues that affect your children and because we have a deadly virus, something that can really really create an opportunity for opposing counsel to just hammer you uh, in court. So, yeah, as Jill said, just be careful, making sure that uh, you're aware of the decisions you make and the people you're around and, you know, the play dates. And, you know, I've told my kids no sleepovers, um, have Zoom meetings, you know, know, chat with your friends. I mean, they're all into technology. Let's just use it. Let's take advantage of it. So it's a good point, Jill. Yep. Document, document. And I'll take it one step further to say, you know, again, I'll reiterate one more time because it's so important. Your tone is everything. If you document and you are ugly and condescending, you have completely ruined. (laughs) You've missed the point (laughs) of documenting. Okay. Because now we have, you've you've created bad evidence when you were trying to create good evidence. So just, you know, trial is a likability contest. Any good Mm -hmm. trial attorney will tell you that you are building your case at all times with the way you communicate. Yeah. Don't, don't email in all capitals. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's what I always say. It's the first, anyone. Yeah, yeah. first piece of advice. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Jill. I appreciate your input and uh, your expertise in this area and, and, and helping guys along the way with uh, the many questions they have. I know we didn't get a chance to get through a lot of them, but I appreciate it. Thanks, Jill. Absolutely. Thank you. Stay safe. All right. Um, I want to keep in mind, uh, as you listen to every podcast, uh, that I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. Uh, Jill is licensed in Georgia and Kentucky. And there are many guys out there that are listening from around the country as well as the UK. Uh, This is not legal advice. Don't uh, consider it as such. It's not an attorney-client relationship. I know that sounds like a broken record. I say it all the time. But your circumstances, your facts dictate a consultation. And the advice uh, that you get during that will often differ sometimes from what we say. And so we don't know what's going on. These questions that we have, they're limited to two sentences. And so I don't really know, as Jill alluded to earlier, we don't know what the decree says. We're going to make some assumptions here. So again, please, this is a educational tool. This is an opportunity to create speaking points for you uh, that you can use to schedule a consultation with your attorney. Uh, so make sure you do that. And again, for us, you know, we're always available, 866-DADS-LAW. You can go to cordellcordell.com. You can schedule a telephone or a virtual consultation. We're there to help. Uh, we want to help. We want to walk you through this uh, difficult period for everyone uh, under coronavirus right now. So I hope you continue to tune in. Uh, we'll continue this series when we talk just about questions that guys have submitted uh, with regards to the coronavirus. Um, and you can check us out. Uh, make sure to tune in to our, our webinar uh, you can either watch live or they're always posted on our t- YouTube channel so you can go back and look. We spent a good hour going through the latest topics and the latest issues dealing with divorce uh, that guys faced and, and post-divorce issues. So, again, thanks for joining. Thanks, Jill, for, for hopping on and helping guys out. Until next time. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. 
Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. 